0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darrell Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God predicts the fall of Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel and the impending Assyrian invasion. Isaiah was told not to walk according to the fears of the people, but instead to fear God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Isaiah chapter eight, on Simply the Bible. Choices have tremendous power.
0: When I was 24 years old and chose to marry Cindy, I had no idea how that decision would impact my life in so many ways. Now, after 37 years of marriage with two children and four grandsons, I look back on that decision as the second best decision of my life. Of course, the first was following Jesus. Isaiah 8 is about choices the people of Judah were making and their inevitable consequences. I believe this has much to say to us as we grapple for solutions to the problems we face today. Isaiah chapter 8. Moreover, the Lord said to me, Take a large scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Meher Shalahashbaz, And I will take for myself faithful witnesses to record Uriah, the priest and Zechariah, the son of Jibberachiah. Then I went to the prophetess and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, call his name, Mayor Shalahashbaz, for before the child shall have knowledge to cry, my father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be taken away before the king of Assyria. Isaiah went to the prophetess who was his wife and she conceived and bore a son. They named him Baz, which means quick to plunder, swift to spoil. Maybe they called him Baz for short. According to verse 18, Isaiah's sons were signs to the nations, so his name was significant. It spoke of the fact that the Assyrians would soon invade Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel. Within two years, before their son was old enough to say, Mama, the Assyrian king, would take the wealth of Damascus and Samaria. That would eliminate the northern threat against Jerusalem. The Lord also spoke to me again, saying, Inasmuch as as these people refuse the waters of Shiloh that flows softly and rejoice in reason and Remaliah's son, now therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river, strong and mighty, the king of Assyria and all his glory. He will go up over his channels and go over all his banks. He will pass through Judah. He will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck and the stretching out of his wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. The waters of Shiloah were a gentle spring that fed a small reservoir within Jerusalem's walls. They were peaceful waters provided by God for his people. But the people of Judah were counting instead on the king of Assyria to deal with the Syrian and Israeli threat from the north. When he defeated these two enemies, the people rejoiced. You see, King Ahaz had reached out to the Assyrians for their help rather than to the Lord. So at first the plan seemed to work, but then later the king of Assyria would invade Judah. The people had rejected the gentle waters of Shiloh and instead put their trust in the river of Assyria. But that river would soon become a flood sweeping away cities of Judah and even coming up to the very neck of Jerusalem. Nevertheless, it was still the land of Emmanuel and God would prevent the Assyrians from invading Jerusalem by sending an angel to kill 185,000 Assyrian troops. But Judah's initial dependence upon Syria would cost them dearly. How many people reject the peaceful stream of the Lord for the river of this world, but it soon becomes a flood that sweeps them away? Verse nine, be shattered, O you peoples, and be broken in pieces give ear all you from far countries gird yourself but be broken in pieces gird yourselves but be broken in pieces take counsel together but it will come to nothing speak the word but it will not stand for god is with us god would soon shatter the assyrians and break their power even though they would conspire together against the lord and his people their efforts would come to nothing, because God was still with his people. For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow, let him be your fear and let him be your dread. The Lord spoke to Isaiah with a strong hand, indicating a stern warning for Isaiah not to walk in the way of the people. They were talking of a conspiracy. It's not clear whether this refers to the conspiracy of Syria and Israel against Judah or a conspiracy against Isaiah for his prophecies. You see, Isaiah had an unpopular message that foreigners were going to invade the land. King Ahaz was going to be punished for rejecting the Lord. Persecution against Isaiah could have already begun. But God told him not to be afraid of their threats, nor to be troubled. Instead, he was to hallow or set apart the Lord and fear only him. Peter quoted from this passage in his first epistle, He said, And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I think in these days of such opposition, we need to find our place of security in trusting in the Lord and standing for what we believe fearlessly. If we set apart God in our hearts and fear Him alone, then we need not fear anyone else. J. Vernon McGee points out that Oliver Cromwell had the reputation of being one of the bravest men who ever lived. When asked why he was so brave, he said, I have learned that when you fear God, you have no man to fear. Sometimes it feels as though we are all alone. We stand For righteousness, we make enemies, whether we want to or not. We can easily imagine a conspiracy against us. If we give way to fear and do not stand, then we won't see the deliverance of the Lord. But if we will be strong and courageous and stand firm in the faith, then God surely will deliver us. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. The people of Judah could choose to make the Lord their sanctuary and refuge. But if they didn't choose him, then he would become a stone of stumbling and rock of offense. They would fall and be taken into captivity. Likewise, We can choose to trust in the Lord and find refuge in him. We can fall on this rock and be broken of our pride and self-will and know God's peace. Otherwise, in time, that rock will fall on us and crush us to powder. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, and I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. It is not really clear what God meant by bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. Was God going to cease giving a prophetic word through Isaiah for a period of time and thus hide his face from the house of Jacob? We know that there are periods of prophetic silence. If people aren't listening, God may stop talking. Therefore, we should always take heed to God's word. It is our light to guide us through the darkest night. On the other hand, maybe the Lord was simply telling Isaiah to record these things so that they would become the scripture that everyone could trust in and wait upon to be fulfilled. Either way, The fact that God was going to hide his face from Jacob was reason for Isaiah to wait patiently on the Lord in faith with joyful, confident expectation in his word. Every time he or Mrs. Isaiah would call their children, it would be a reminder to them and to others that God was bringing signs and wonders to Israel just as he promised. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Because the people were rejecting the word of God, they were looking to other sources of inspiration, including spiritualists who supposedly consulted with the deceased. But God's law strictly prohibited this practice. Wouldn't it have been better for them to seek the Lord? To the law and to the testimony, if they don't speak according to God's word, then there's no light in them. We need to remember this. In an age where people are turning away from the revelation of God to follow foolish and futile ways of man. They will pass through it hard pressed and hungry and it shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish and they will be driven into darkness. The people of Judah were headed for some bad times. They would be hard pressed on every side and hungry. They would be angry at their circumstances and curse their government and curse their God. They would look at the world and see only trouble, darkness and gloomy anguish. Ultimately, they would be driven into Babylonian captivity. For those who reject the light of the gospel, there remains only outer darkness. For those who reject the testimony of the Word, they will wander around in gloomy anguish. How we all need to heed the law of God and His testimony. How we need to look away from the opinions of man and cleave to His Word. Why would we forsake His pure and holy light to pursue that which will only bring us into darkness and misery? We all make our choices. We can choose the gentle streams of God's mercy or the floodwaters of the world. We can choose the sanctuary or the snare that enslaves us. We can choose light or darkness. We all have the freedom to choose, but our choices have consequences. We make our choices and they turn and make us. May God help us to choose wisely.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord prophesies the coming of the Son who will govern the people and be a light to those in darkness. God also predicts the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.